Section 56 of Frontier Humor in First Prose and Picture. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Frontier Humor in Verse Prose and Picture by Palmer Cox. The Bitter End. While in one of the interior counties today, I stood beside the graves of six members of one household. The father and his five sons all fell in one sanguinary family feud. It seems an ill feeling had long existed between the two families named respectively Frost and Coates. Though they frequently indulged in small skirmishes from which black eyes, bloody noses, or slit ears were the principal trophies borne away, they had never met when their full forces were under arms, and for the happy hour that would bring about such a meeting, each party looked forward with interest, if not impatience. A day arrived at last full of promise. It was an election day. Each party expected the other out in strength with furbished arms and then prepared themselves accordingly. They took to the street, resolved that, ere the bat had flown his cloister flight, ere to black Hecate's summons, the shard-born beetle with his drowsy hums had rung night's yawning peal, there would be done a deed of dreadful note. Two planets could not keep their motion in one sphere, nor could two quarrelsome families move long in a small village or freely patronize the same groggeries without a collision. Towards evening they met, some mounted and more on foot, and from low just amongst themselves, respecting each other's lack of prowess upon former occasions, the controversy soon reached the point of positive contradictions. As the lie direct is equivalent to a well-developed kick to your average fighting man, hostility soon commenced. The Coates family opened the engagement with a brisk fusillade, and at the first fire the grey-bearded patriarch of the Frost faction went down with all his imperfections on his head. The firing now became general. From rank to rank the volleyed thunder flew. Neutral parties fled from the street and for a time transacted business with closed doors. The report of the firearms frightened the horse of a disinterested gentleman who was riding through the village, and despite his efforts to control the animal, it dashed directly between the belligerent parties. The fighting men, however, did not slacken fire on his account, but blazed away without seeming to notice or care whether the agitated stranger went down in the general melee or not. Fortunately, the gentleman escaped injury, but it was certainly more by chance than by good guidance. It is said so rapid was the fire that a steady blaze seemed issuing from the muzzle of their weapons. When the smoke of the battle raised, five of the Coates family were lying dead. On the other side, Frost and one of his sons were killed and a son-in-law mortally wounded. People say the funeral was a saddening spectacle. Amongst the mourners were mothers, daughters, sisters, and wives. But the end was not yet. Before the grass had taken root upon the graves, the ground was again broken, and another victim of the malignant feud was hidden from the sight of friends and foes. The fires of hate still smoldered, and within a year another one of the Coates family was 
put oars to combat while going one night from the village to his ranch. He was seen leaving for home on horseback at nine o'clock, but about ten his horse ran masterless into the farmyard. The man was found lying by the roadside, dead, a bullet having passed through his head. Suspicion reverted to the Frost family, but no proof could be brought to establish their guilt. The public finger still points toward them, however, and doubtless will continue so to do for many a day or until the mystery is cleared up. End of section 56, read by Julie Taylor, January 18, 2022.